What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases wasn't true? What if the mainstream media was too corrupt and compromised to tell you about it? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent and their guests as they dissect the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast. It's Search Warrant, coming right at you. Welcome to Search Warrant. This is uh, John Snedden, veteran NCIS special agent, uh, joined by uh, veteran uh, Buffalo City Detective Anna Midlars. Um, We have a special guest today. Um, which brings, uh, which brings with him, uh, who brings with him a national, uh, perspective on something that, uh, has occurred in Philadelphia that, uh, involves one of the many, uh, bad actors that we've talked about before, specifically, uh, the, uh, defense attorney masquerading as a district attorney, Larry Krasner, um, who was, uh, basically installed as the uh, district attorney in Philadelphia by George Soros, who obviously has been doing that across the country. Um, most uh, most recently observed in uh, San Francisco doing the, the same thing. And uh, the murder rate in Philadelphia has uh, skyrocketed. And uh, essentially the, uh, you know, uh, the decriminalization of criminal events and uh, the support of, uh, criminals as opposed to victims um is really brought into light here with this guest especially um when it comes to political hit jobs as it pertains to uh you know people that are uh masquerading as prosecutors um we've we've touched on that on previous podcasts uh much much like uh, dr graham spanier the uh, president of penn state which was the uh who was the victim of a political hit job in the state, um, this guest brings uh, a light to a, a circumstance where a uh, um, an officer clearly was, uh, you know, the subject of a political hit job. Um, that guest being uh, Detective uh, Jacobs from the Philadelphia Police Department, um, if I understand it correctly, has over 20 years of experience as a detective in the homicide uh, section as well as the uh, officer-involved shooting um, investigations unit. Um, Detective Jacobs, uh, welcome to Search Warrant. Thank you for having me. We greatly appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us today. Um, We have been uh, anxiously awaiting uh, having the chance to talk to you um, for several several weeks, actually. And we've gone through... um, there was a article that uh, uh, Ralph Cipriano, an investigative reporter out of Philadelphia, had uh, um, issued. It's uh, the title of the uh, article is Detective uh, District Attorney Tampered with Witness in Officer-Involved Shooting. Um, you know, we have a, 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 a very large audience, a worldwide audience. We'd like to have an opportunity to, for you to go from uh, ground zero on this case up um, because um, you investigated this case and have a very uh, um, 
firsthand knowledge of what occurred in that case. Um, can you tell us what uh, what what initially started in this case? It originally started as an officer um, who observed a dirt bike rider operating a vehicle recklessly in the city and county of Philadelphia. Um, the officer went to approach this gentleman and learned that he possessed a handgun. A struggle for that handgun ensued, and which culminated with the officer having to shoot the male who later died. So what's the name of the uh, officer? Officer Ryan Parnell, P-O-W-N-A-L-L. Okay. And um, do you have any idea how long he had been with the uh, Philadelphia Police Department? I do not know that. Okay. Um, that, that day was the first day that I've actually met Officer Pinnell. Okay. However briefly that it was. I see. Well, now, he was, he was in his uh, a cruiser. Did he have anybody in the cruiser with him? Yes, he was actually transporting... Um, three occupants to our special victims unit. And then he observed this uh, dirt bike driver? Correct. Okay. Um, and as you, as you mentioned, the dirt bike driver was in possession of a, uh, a, f a firearm, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, am I correct in understanding that there was a struggle that ensued then? That is correct. When Officer Pinnell approached this gentleman to inquire why he was operating a dirt bike in the manner that, in which he was operating it, he learned that the male possessed a firearm and a struggle ensued over that firearm, which ultimately caused um, Officer Pinnell to shoot the individual who later died. I understand. I understand. Um where did this, what, what uh, roadway did this take place on? Do you know? This happened in the area of Whitaker Avenue and Huntington Park Avenue. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Detective Jacobs, this is uh, Anna Midlars. I have a quick question. You, you are assigned a special unit to investigate officer shootings, yes? Yes. Um, the unit that I'm assigned to investigates all police discharges that happens in the city and county of Philadelphia. So, so no, no matter what, if you're a sworn law enforcement in any capacity, if you discharge a firearm in the city and county of Philadelphia, our unit will investigate it. That, that's, a good, that's a good idea to have a unit like that. You know? that, so we, that unit was um, came about um, from a recommendation of the Department of Justice. Yeah. And this unit was formed and we actually went full bore and January of 2017. How many um, how many officers are in the unit? There's six detectives and two supervisors. Nice. So when when this happened, you were just on call and you had to uh, respond to it right away, or did you get the investigation at later time? No, we're we're on call in this unit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So we we have a set set of working hours, but anything outside of those hours. Um, would be on call. And right. I believe this incident happened. I'm sorry. No, no, go on, go on. 
this incident happened, I want to say a little bit after six o'clock. So, and our hours are usually 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. So you were right there at the scene right after it happened. Um, certain detectives go to the scene. We, we divvy up the responsibilities when an investigation happens. Some officers stay at headquarters, some go out to the scene, and some do other investigative tasks as needed at the time. Okay. So continue on with what happened in this case. Okay, after the shooting occurred, of course, we were dispatched to handle the investigation. Yeah. I interviewed... Um, the majority of the fact witnesses in this case, which includes the occupants of that police vehicle that Officer Pennell was transporting to the Special Victims Unit. Um, that now, gentleman... Yes, that gentleman, and he had two children with him, right? So it was... That, okay. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So I interviewed that gentleman as well as his two children in his presence. And what did you conclude after you interviewed them? After, um, after I interviewed that gentleman and as well as other and uh, other investigators, we interviewed all witnesses that that was made available to us. Okay. And I interviewed that gentleman. I also interviewed a gentleman who gave a statement that was pro police, but it wasn't in line with the investigation. And he later um, recanted his observations. Uh, oh, Mr. Freeman, yes. Oh. And that's all in his interview. And I think that goes to the heart of what we're talking about here and why I'm in such a pickle yeah. with the district attorney's office in the city of Philadelphia. Um, based on Mr. Freeman's account, which was the adult witness in the back of Officer Pennell's vehicle, it lined up with everything, everything in the investigative and the investigation lined up, which led me to believe that the shooting was justified. This investigation, um, this incident was also investigated by the Pennsylvania Attorney General's office. And they wanted to make sure that everything during the investigation was kosher. Yeah. So they brought myself and Mr. Freeman and another investigator from the state attorney general's office to verify Mr. Freeman's interview that I took from him on the date of the incident. Mr. Freeman corroborated everything that was in his statement, which led the attorney general's office to say that no charges would be brought against officer Pennell. Um, soon after District Attorney Krasner was elected Philadelphia District Attorney. He took the case back. Now, originally, the reason the case was investigated by the Attorney General's office was because there was some some conflict within the Philadelphia District Attorney's office, which I don't know what the conflict was. But oh. after after Larry Krasner was elected DA. Somehow that conflict no longer existed, and he took the case back. And an assistant district attorney by the name of Tracy Tripp was assigned to prosecute the case from the district attorney's office. Um, 
Assistant District Attorney Tripp contacted me on August the seventh, August the second of 2018, and I relayed all the facts that I had, and I also asked her why is this prosecution proceeding because the Attorney General's office told me that there would be no prosecution. Yeah, that's and, a really good question. Yeah. Right. And I also asked her, did she speak with the Attorney General's office? And and I asked her, did the witness testify um, in the grand jury? She would not let me know whether or not the witness had testified. The witness in the back of the police car, Mr. Freeman, had testified right. or not. Um, so... Who was the, I told I don't know what's going on here, and I told I believe this is a political, something political, and it's beyond my pay grade, something to that effect of what I told her. What did so, she say? What did she say to you after that? You told her that. Um, the next time I heard from the um, assistant district attorney Tripp, she was attempting to prosecute me for leaking grand jury information that I did not have. What? Because what? Yes. Yeah. Holy, jeez. So, who was the who was the ADA that originally had the case or was presented to? I forgot the original. Originally, it was assigned to the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office. There was right. a conflict that existed there, right. which caused the Attorney General's Office to investigate it, and the Attorney General who had the case interviewed Mr. Freeman with the investigator myself was Attorney General Christopher Phillips. Um, so after Mr. Freeman spoke with Attorney General Phillips, myself, the Attorney General's investigator, I was informed that, you know, people in the Attorney General's office just wanted to verify that interview and there would be no charges brought against Officer Pennell. So right. when Ms. Pitt, originally back in May, I didn't really speak to her too much, that grand jury that she accused me of leaking from, she swore me into that grand jury in May of 2018. And that's about the extent of any knowledge I have of that grand jury or what, what wow. transpired in that grand jury was being sworn in. Wow. The next time, like I said, was August the 2nd when she contacted me to prep me for my testimony. And I guess after our conversation and it not going the way yeah, that she liked the yeah. politics of the day wanted it to go, she decided that I was no longer necessary. But if you would look at this investigation, this investigation, you'd, you would see that I'm on the majority of the documents as it relates to this investigation. As I stated earlier, there's only six detectives assigned to this unit. Um, when this case was listed for trial, five of the six detectives received court notices to attend this trial. The sixth detective, being myself, was not. Uh, wow. The actual the actual detective who investigated it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I investigated with the members of my investigative team. It's just that the majority of the fact witnesses and some of the things that we use in investigation is important to investigators, which I know you guys are. Um, 
I'm also attached to those documents and those evidentiary items. So, but I'm not, um, I'm not needed from a prosecutorial standpoint in this matter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't understand how they could suggest that you would be leaking grand jury information if you were only sworn into the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, I think it was. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Anna. I was going to say, how do you think they, that they got to Freeman to change? I was reading in the article that he completely changed uh, what he was saying during the incident, where he said, "You know, don't don't use your gun." To you, what and, I do know regarding Mr. Freeman, yeah, um, is that a few days after, and I have every, I I've took contemporaneous notes on most of the stuff. I just don't have them in front of me. Um, but a few days after uh, my interview with Mr. Freeman, a gentleman by the name of Christopher Norris, who's also been associated with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. contacted my office and was attempting to speak with me. Um, I called Mr. Norris back thinking he was a witness as it relates to Officer Burnell's shooting. Right. right, And he told me that the then police commissioner wanted him to speak with me. Now, the way that the message of Mr. Norris got to him, I knew that couldn't have been, that couldn't have happened. Right. So after a few minutes, Mr. Norris came clean and he said he was a member of Black Lives Matter and it didn't come from the police commissioner. He received my information from Mr. Freeman. So at oh, that point great. in time, I knew that Mr. Freeman and Black Lives Matter had been in contact. I see. So they got to him. Yeah, I don't know what what was discussed, what wasn't discussed. Yeah. But he wanted to get information on the investigation, which I told him there's no way I could comment. And he I think he said he worked for a radio station at the time, WURD or something of that nature. I forgot which one it was, um, a local radio station here. But I told him I could not comment on an ongoing investigation. We had other small talk about him used to being a teacher and things of that nature, but nothing of any substance. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that was moments after the uh, after me interviewing Mr. Freeman and him acknowledging that he the reason he got my information was from Mr. Freeman. Yeah, very interesting the way they, they you heard him say to you, don't do it. He was talking to, to the um, person that, that got shot to not resist the officer. And then after he speaks with the Black Lives Matter people, then he said, oh, no, I meant don't use your gun on this poor guy. It's completely, completely changed it. A key point what, of, the, of it. What Mr. Freeman told me is that he knew that once the decedent disengaged from Officer Pennell, he knew that there would be gunplay. And that's why he dove on top of his kids to protect them from the decedent, you know, the decedent's gunplay. So later on, I, I guess from whoever, I don't, I never personally heard that information from Mr. Freeman, but right. it's out there that he was telling him, don't, and he did say that, don't do it, bro, don't do it, bro. Yeah. But not in the context what's currently being listed or what's been listed in their documents. Yeah. It was it was not to tell the decedent 
hey, stop resisting the officer. It was don't it was don't use your handgun, you know, because it could present problems in that regard. Not don't resist the officer. Yeah, I don't think somebody would be saying that at the same time they're diving on top of their children to save their lives, you know. And he actually relayed to me that he made eye contact with the gentleman while he was making those statements to him. Oh. Jeez, brother. Um, so if I understand the chronology correctly, this event takes place. You guys immediately, you're, you and your unit immediately um, are on, on scene, investigated, get a uh, statement from Freeman. Um, then you do the rest of the work you need to do on that on that case. The uh, PA Office of Attorney General's guys then want to uh, verify the veracity of uh, Freeman's statements. He those those statements are verified, um, and uh, the veracity is is uh, true. And then there's no there's no uh, it, it's not indicative of any charges against the officer. And then and then there's a, a change in the uh, district attorney's office, and then they they flip on this, basically. Is I it, don't know that... what happened in the grand jury, but after the grand jury, after I viewed the grand jury presentment, that wasn't the facts of the case that I investigated. Um, so... And... Have you, have you read the uh, the uh, grand jury presentment? Yes, that's how I deduced that what was in the presentment. The only way, the only information that could have been provided to the grand jury would have had to have been false, misleading, or perjured. And who, who put that? Who put that presentment together? The the ADA who was assigned to that grand jury, and also so, the one who's who attempted to bring. Um, contempt of court charges against me was assistant district attorney tracy tripp what is uh what is uh, do you know what uh tracy tripp's uh you know history is had she previously been an ada or is the one is she one of the ones that uh krasner brought in after he uh fired everybody these is uh an import for uh, district attorney krasner i believe she was i never known as a district attorney i believe she was a public defender um, that's the information I'm getting. Oh. And wasn't well, I, wasn't D. Krasner a, a defense attorney too? Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that but, Black Lives Matter group funded his, his election. I don't have any personal knowledge of that. Yeah. I've heard that, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that, I, I think, uh, that's somewhere in Ralph's article that, uh, well, and he did a lot of work uh, for them. Yeah. Um, not so much that they, uh, well, in essence, they they did uh, fund part of his uh, part of his run, uh, along with Zoros, obviously. But uh, it is interesting. Uh, Tracy Tripp, who we believe may have been a uh, a former uh, public defender, uh, switched to uh, ADA. And then brings this up, and the presentment is written by herself, and then somebody else, uh, somebody else from Krasner's uh, DA's office. Is that right? That's correct. 
Mm-hmm. She's the head of what's called, I, I want to call it, uh, it's the Special Investigations Unit, but it also has, which is, is a farce in my opinion, accountability and integrity or something of that nature. I forgot the whole list of the unit, but I know it's the Special Investigations Unit. Um, and my dealings with her, it, it, and like I said, and like I told Ralph, I can't make a bad shooting good. That just can't happen. The facts are what they are. Um, yeah. We, we go out, we investigate it, and the chips have to fall where they may. The problem okay, so- with what I have here is that Assistant District Attorney Tripp knew, she definitely knew prior to this grand jury being started. And of Mr. Freeman's account of the incident. So whatever was said, and that's why I asked her, did he testify? Because there's no way that Mr. Freeman could have said what he told me and what he told the attorney general. If he could have said anything like that and then then to return with an indictment. Because what he said and one of the reasons I couldn't be a peach is because I interviewed a gentleman by the name of John Ellis. Mr. Ellis is the gentleman who lied in favor of Officer Pennell in this incident. Almost, he gave an account almost like he was right there as close as Mr. Freeman. So when I go through and review all the evidence that we have, while still in the process of interviewing Mr. Ellis, I found out that the pro-police account that he gave would not work (laughs) because he was not there. So when I confronted Mr. Ellis with this, he admitted that he was lying. That's in his interview. So that presented another problem to the district attorney's office because if I was just going off on this tangent to free Officer Pinnell from this incident, then why not just stop Mr. Ellis's interview at the pro-police portion, not go investigate it any further, and put that as part of the prosecution, prosecution's packet? Right. So once they saw that, and my name on both of them, I wasn't an impeachable witness. So that presented a problem to him also. Oh. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I'm not on this case from a district attorney standpoint. Jeez. Now, do you, you know, when you when you look at the chronology of this thing, what is your thoughts in regard to, you know, what caused Freeman to change his uh, change his his story, change recant his uh, initial statements? What I believe occurred is that the district attorney's office. Assistant District Attorney Tracy Tripp, as well as Asa Khalif and Chris Norris, and I forgot to mention this part, but I will revisit it, um, spoke with Mr. Freeman and somehow got him to have his story fit their narrative. Mm-hmm. But it's not yeah. a narrative of the facts. Uh, one thing, like I said, I just forgot to mention is the attorney general office where Mr. Freeman, myself, the investigator, 
and Attorney General Phillips met at is a nondescript office. I believe that Mr. Freeman may have been escorted to and from that location by certain parties, maybe parties of Black Lives Matter, because a couple of days after that interview took place, um, Asa Khalif, who's another member of Black Lives Matter, stormed that office um, and was arrested inside that attorney general's office. It's not like attorney general's office. You would have to almost notice there. Yeah, is this, so is, this, that, is this the office down by the airport or no? No, this is an office um, that was on 12th Street, uh, oh. just off of Market. Okay, okay. But it's a nondescript office. Um, so someone would have had to tell Mr. Khalif that's where it was at, and he was demanding to speak with someone regarding this particular incident and was arrested at, at that time. But he was prosecuted by the district attorney's office, so he pretty much got off with a slap on the wrist. Oh, my God. Well, I, I guess that's not surprising, um, considering uh, who got Krasner there to begin with. He, I'm sure he owns a lot of favors. If there was any conflict, it's the fact that they have contact. So maybe his office shouldn't have um, prosecuted Mr. Khalif, um, who goes by the name of Earl Pittman. Um, well, he goes by the name of Ace Khalif, but his name is Earl Pittman. And since it was at the attorney general's office, maybe they should have investigated and prosecuted Mr. Khalif. But that may be another thing just a little bit beyond my pay grade. Mm -hmm. No, I understand. I understand. So um, we've got a... a uh, uh, a grand jury presentment that's uh, false. Um, and they're operating on a false presentment. So what happens then? What was your involvement then? And they reached out to you and uh, Trip reaches out to you and says that she's going to charge you? Is that right? Well, what happened was she sends me a court notice after the presentment um, for this particular case. And I contact her, I, I believe via email, and said that I believe this matter has already been adjudicated in, in so many words. Um, maybe this court notice was sent in error. Right. She, she responded back that, no, we have some more investigations to do in this matter. And... You know, you can seek counsel. <laughs> oh, brother. Yes. So at that point, I knew something wasn't <laughs> right. Closure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. But she would not tell us that I was the subject of any type of investigation or I was the target of any investigation. So the first listing... I go in, you know, now I need an attorney, things of that nature. So it, it got relisted. And then on November 9th, that's why you see that I say on November 9th, um, I say my law enforcement career ended is because at that point in time, what she, what she alleged about myself, you know, <laughs> tarnished my reputation as officer of the court. You say I'm leaking grand jury information. You say I'm contempt of court. You basically say I'm a bad cop. 
Yeah. But the, with, with no proof whatsoever. No proof of this. She, she, she had proof. These, she knew when she brought these, when she started this investigation with me, it was a total farce. It was a total lie. Yeah. She did it to keep me quiet. She she did it to so that to ensure my silence until after the Pinnell trial. Uh, what's, so, your, what's your status now? Now you were you charged by them? Has it been no, dropped? No. What, hap what mm -hmm. happened was she, and this is another point of contention. She alleges that the only reason she didn't prosecute me is because the transcripts of the proceedings were lost. So this is a lie. There's no oh way the court transcripts were lost. Lost. Oh, that's, brother. That's brother. the story she's presenting, or she presented. She's, she said the transcripts of the court proceeding was lost, so she could not proceed with the charges against me. That's what she told my superior. So... So, so you're still guilty. Right. So my, of course, my response is: so let's just say when these transcript become quote unquote found, <laughs> what happens to me then? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. So I knew no transcripts existed. I knew she was. At this point, I know. Listen, she needs to be removed. She's, she's the worst of the worst in our profession. We, you can't have officers of court operate the way she's operating. Whether it's against a, a law enforcement officer or a civilian, doesn't make a difference. If you're corrupt, you're corrupt. It's the same way I said earlier about the facts. The facts are the facts. Now, so, she may have massaged the facts in the Pinnell case, in which I don't know everything that she presented to the grand jury because I don't have that knowledge. But I do have all the knowledge of the false investigation and the proceedings that she brought against me. I know they're 100%. Forest. Jesus Christ! The uh, okay, so we've got a uh, a false grand jury presentment, and then we have we have transcripts that are missing, right? Our <laughs> ADA trip. Now, Jesus do Christ! I believe, I, do I believe transcripts went missing? You have a court stenographer. There's no way, and the transcripts wouldn't have been about Detective Jacobs. They would have been involving a, a homicide trial. So, if they're lost, then how do you proceed with the homicide trial? Yeah. What, yeah. So it, it what just happened? does What happened with Well what happened trial? was I was as fate would have it, I was getting sworn into another grand jury for a big job that we had here. Um when I was a homicide investigator and we had <laughs> someone who just got charged with a bunch of murders and this whole started on one of my murders that I actually started when I was a divisional detective. But it bled into when I became a homicide detective. And this gentleman just got charged with a bunch of other murders. So while I was getting sworn in, ADA Trip was there. And of course, I had zero contact. I don't have too much to say to her after what she did to me and my family over the past year or longer now. Um, so after I'm sworn in, I'm going, I'm leaving the building. And she almost chases me down and say, Detective Jacobs, I told you, Lieutenant, that I'm withdrawing the charges against you. Um, I told him that last week. Um, so I hope he had told you. And I really, to be honest with you, I ignored her until she kept going on and on and on about her withdrawing the charges against me. 
And then I just said, okay. And I just didn't time stamp that conversation. And then she said, I don't think that my FOP appointed attorney would have any problems with me communicating this information to you. Another thing she had told um, my lieutenant was that there was going to be a fake admonishment conducted by her against me in the judges' chambers to ensure, you know, that I don't leak again. Not that I ever leaked, but I was going to have the judge read me the riot act just to scare me. Jesus Christ. Un- I don't believe I don't believe that occurred. I believe I just believe she's a liar. Um but it'll all come out at some point. She'll have to answer for, you know, this particular part of her prosecution uh prosecutorial career. Yeah, do you know has have any other cases come up where she's tried to uh manipulate the uh the grand jury and uh manipulate the missing uh transcripts or anything like that any other cases come up with her doing that yet so far i do not know my um when you file a federal lawsuit pro se and you're by yourself and you're still trying it because you know i reached out to a couple of lawyers in this town and they're supported from afar let's just say that um it's, it's politics involved so I say all that to say this, it's hard to respond to their motions, me being a novice lawyer, try to read up on the United States Code, do my nine to five on my 10 to six job as a Philadelphia police officer, and research other cases. Hey, I don't think so, we start off. Do you, have anybody, do you have anyone that's assisting you at all? Any, any um, lawyer giving you some advice? Not at time. I, I do call when when I do, I do call, and some of them are called. You know, sometimes I call Google. But well, uh, Detective <laughs> Detective Jacobs, don't, are you an FOP member down there? Yes, I am. Well, can't they uh, can't they uh, provide legal, you know, uh, services for this? Well, they have, but one of the attorneys that was um, that they assigned me is in the middle of this fiasco. And we have FOP attorneys on retainer, but it's a conflict at this time because they're representing Officer Bunnell. So that's so. Where where does his case stand? Was he his the charges against him were uh, lowered, right? They went from I think it originally might have been murder generally to now third degree murder. Um, I know he has another date. I think they, I think ADA Trip appealed the judge's decision. So I guess they're waiting for that decision. And then after that, I believe they're going to sign the, um, the trial another date. Oh, Jesus. He's out on bail, right? Is he out on? That's, that's correct. Okay. okay. So the FOP. And the is, one thing uh... good, he just also, it's my understanding that. Um, I wasn't present, but it's my understanding that they also just uh, removed him from house arrest. Oh, Jesus, what a, what a uh, travesty. I mean, yeah. a complete uh, miscarriage of justice there. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, can't people see through the uh, through their bullshit mist that uh, 
clearly somebody got to the guy and changed. He changed his story so they can, you know, pursue their personal narrative so Krasner can repay, uh, you know, political debts. This is bullshit. Well, here's the thing, um, John. I don't think he changed his story. I think his story was changed. And that's why you have the prosecutorial misconduct by ADA Tripp. Mm-hmm. When she goes into a grand jury or when she starts a grand jury proceeding and when she knows that the information she's going to be providing to this grand jury to be false, misleading or, per- or perjured, then, then we have problems here. This is not <laughs> how this thing's supposed to work. So she had Mr. Freeman's interview. I'm sure, you know, not that I was in the room. But there would have had to have been a conversation between herself and the attorney general. There would also have to be documents that would have been passed from the attorney general's portion of the investigation back to the district attorney's office. Right. So these conversations and these documents would have had to have been, so unless the attorney general gave her back false testimony after I spoke with them, with Mr. Freeman, <laughs> then... She had all this information at her disposal before she impaneled this grand jury. So she knew that the information that she was given to these 40 or so laymen was a lie or was false or was misleading. She massaged this case to elicit an indictment, which is wrong. Well, we've certainly seen that before. Um, on a on a state level in the in Pennsylvania, and that's uh, you cannot have uh, you know the the big problem. Just as you said, I mean, you can't as a as a law enforcement officer, you can't have trust. You, you, it it co- completely eliminates the trust you have with the ADAs that you're working with, right? right. And also, you have that breach. Now you have a breach between the district attorney's office. And law sworn law enforcement officers, which when you have these type of problems, ultimately it affects the community when you have these type of problems. So ultimately the citizens of <laughs> the city and county of Philadelphia are the ones who's going to be affected the most. And I noticed you started your show off with how, you know, the crime rate. I mean, we've had this, yeah. I think it's January the 18th, and we almost, we're approaching 30 murders already. And everyone's saying it's a problem, and no one wants to accept the responsibility of their actions contributing to what we're going through. You're already in a position where you've got to make a decision within, uh, you know, a second. And, and, and now you've got to uh, incorporate the fact that you've got to think to yourself, how is the uh, district, attorney, uh, di- district attorney's office going to screw me? Um, when I take action to survive, the, to uh, uh, keep this person alive, I, 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 there's too there's too much uh, shit going through your mind when you're you should be able to you know have the focus of protecting you know human lives as opposed to oh well you know I got to make sure that uh, you know the district attorney isn't going to jam me up um, just because it fits his narrative. Now, You've got 25 well, I've been involved going- in those situations, both as a cop, as a, as a um, uniform officer, and as a detective. And you're right. They are s- split-second and hairy, um, hairy situations. Um, 
And then, like I said, when and and then on my side right here, it's, it's not me looking down the barrel of a gun from a guy who's just robbed a bodega, but now there's someone who's saying, let's silence this detective for our criminal acts because what she's doing is a crime. What she did in that grand jury was a crime, and what she's doing against me is a crime. So yeah. if you got if you got the foxes running the hen house, then that gonna be too many hens left. Well, you can't trust anything in that case. Jesus, that's bad. That's worse than bad. Um, oh, it's terrible. You know, and she's, she's the head of this new unit that was started underneath District Attorney Krasner. Now they're letting people out, saying that, oh, the evidence was false. Or, you know, I'm talking about people, who, of course, they're going to proclaim their innocence. And, and I don't want to speak on too many cases that I don't have factual knowledge of. Right. But, you know, speaking to some of the investigators that were involved in some of these cases, and even some of the district attorneys who were involved in some of these cases, they said that that evidence was already made public to the court. It was already presented in testimony. So he's not presenting any new evidence, but he's letting people out of jail. Yeah. And he's not putting people in jail. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I heard, uh, I, I got a note from somebody that said that they're they're all calling it on the street, the Krasner special. You know, where you can, <laughs> where, where you're getting out, where you, you know, uh, regardless of what the circumstances are. Jesus, it's just as bad as the uh, appearance ticket bullshit that's going on up here. It's, you know, it's obvious that, that um, Trip is doing Krasner's bidding. It's obvious that Krasner hates police, continues to try to go after police anytime he can, even making things up. Why couldn't Krasner be charged with a hate crime because he hates police? Yeah. You know, and, and somebody pursue that angle because uh, it's he's showing a consistent, you know, prejudice, I think. I would love, I would love for the U.S. attorney, to start, our last DA before Krasner, is currently serving time in, in federal, federal prison. Right. I Seth. would love for the U.S. attorney, yes, Seth, um, Seth Williams. What, Williams. Williams. And I would love for the U U.S. attorney to take a look at what they're doing in that office. And they can start with my case. Well, we. I've been an investigator for over 20 years. I've worked homicide. I, I, done did, I done ran the gambit as far as investigation. I'm sure I could present and put together my case to have Trip arrested. She, I mean, I have enough evidence for probable cause. I think, <laughs> yeah, we got to reach out to uh, McSwain. That's the uh, uh, U.S. attorney down there, right, McSwain? Yeah. That's yeah, correct. We got to reach out to him and ask him what the hell's going on with this. Because I know that, uh, I mean, from what I've seen, he's not very fond of... Uh, um, Larry Krasner, and th th this obviously needs to be brought to his attention. Um, what I, I can, what I can tell you is I have all the documents. I have my conversation I'm giving you guys now, um, and I'm sure it's going to be disseminated throughout the country as we spoke before, um, possibly the world. It's, this is what I'm telling you about the facts. My story is going to never change. The information is going to never change. From trip, she will probably jump from here, 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 here. She's mm -hmm. going to lie from here, here, here. 
my grandmother told me a long time ago, once you tell a lie, you got to tell another lie to cover up for that lie. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. She, she she doesn't have a chance, and you know what, in defending herself. She committed a criminal act against me, although I filed a civil case against her. Um, her acts were criminal. And I also believe her acts were criminal against the officer based on my information regarding this, this investigation. And I have probably the best seat in the house as far as Officer Pennell's um, yeah. case. I would certainly say that. Holy cow. We need to, uh, Anna, we need to reach out to McSwain. Yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, get this thing uh, rolling here. This is bullshit. It is. This is complete <laughs> bullshit. I can't understand how they're getting away with this. Well, well I, mean, yeah. I think that they would have got, like, even now, I mean, how many, and I don't want to give myself any pass on the back. I just look at me. What if it was my family? What if I was in this person's position and I had to do, because I have been in those positions. Um, and now my family have to suffer. Let me tell you what they did to this officer. They gave Black Lives Matter a permit to block off this officer's street so that Black Lives Matter could protest in front of his home. Oh, my God. Yes, that's what, that's actually, that actually happened. They oh, shut down this officer's block so that Black Lives Matter could get out there and protest with a bullhorn and not only disturb this officer, but all his neighbors. Now, how do you oh, get a permit God. for someone where you don't live to disturb a neighborhood where you don't reside? And they did that. It fits their their narrative to do whatever they want to do. So so to circle back around, how many people are going to say, hey, let me go against the machine and put myself out there? But if I don't do it, then it doesn't get done. So this thing continues to perpetuate itself for who knows how long. Absolutely. Someone stands up. Uh, absolutely. And that's my goal to put them so that this stops them in their tracks because it needs to stop them in their tracks because they're committing illegal acts. And that's not what our justice system is about. That's why they got yeah. the little scales on it to make it balanced. I think you absolutely. should write a book about this and maybe Clint Eastwood will make a movie. Yeah, there I you think go. That's, that's a little good. old right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dirty. I think Dirty Harry. You know, he might. You know, maybe Eastwood great grandson or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely, we definitely have got got to get a hold of uh, McSwain. I think that uh, you know this is uh, not. not I, I'm if I understand it correctly, he's not fond of uh, Larry Krasner and uh, what Larry Krasner is. Uh, doing and uh you should be working on this then well 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 well, here here, here's the thing i've tried that um and my current commissioner who's outgoing i reached out to her through emails to try to get the criminal referral because i wrote her an email stating that all this all these attacks against me occurred while i was in the performance of my duties and i think that i need to be protected and my request was, first she sent me a response saying, receive, sir. And that was in a two-word response. And then I didn't hear anything else back. So then I sent a memorandum, what's called up the chain, like through all levels of supervisors. And then it got denied. And I got called down to 
we call it the third floor in Philadelphia, but it's where all the upper management and the brass um, live. So the deputy commissioner met with me and said that I should not, um, they don't want to meet with me because they don't want to be witnesses in this. So that lets you know that I'm out <laughs> on the island. And then after that, so I, I followed their advice. And because, I, of course, I can't file my criminal complaint with the district attorney's office because I'm yeah. basically handing, handing them the sheet of paper. So I suggested that I go to the federal government, to the U.S. attorney. Right. And he said that I should not. And go to the attorney general's office. And I told him that the attorney general has a conflict only because the part of my lawsuit, I named attorney general Phillips. So they are kind of caught up in this minutia. So once I, but I still attempted it. That's what the deputy asked me to do. That's what I did. So once that got shot down for reasons that I just explained that it's a conflict, I'm trying to get them now to present this to the U S attorney again. Yeah. Yeah, and for the last month or so, I've been hearing crickets. Well, so now I'm looking. While I'm trying to do this civil suit, I'm also trying to find out how to contact someone in the federal government to present this criminal complaint. Yeah, I, I, I and I quite, quite frankly, I think there's a couple other, a couple options that you have. I mean, I've got to take a look at that, but I think that. Uh, Obviously, we're going to have a, an AUSA, an assistant U.S. attorney that has big paws that, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm certain that once, uh, if, if I understand it correctly, McSwain's uh, um, position with, with Krasner, if it was to get to an, an AUSA or right to McSwain, I, I think that this is uh, right up his alley. I mean, this is a. What what you've described is uh, you know cannot go on. I mean, this is this is a manipulation of the uh, of the criminal justice system in a major U.S. city that can't cannot go on. Can it because it 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 uh, adversely impacts the uh, ability of the of law enforcement to do their job. Period. I mean, you know, if you if you know your case is going to be. Uh, you know, a potentially prosecuted by ADA, what Tracy Tripp is her name, right? Tracy Tripp? That's correct. I um, mean, do you have any faith in anything that's going to happen? No, zero, none. I mean, uh, the uh, the citizens of uh, Philadelphia should realize that, uh, you know, the uh, they have zero faith, zero reason to be, uh, to have any faith in uh, ADA Tracy Tripp from, uh, uh, Krasner's office. I mean, that's appalling. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, considering the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office uh, stance on Krasner, that uh, we've got to get an AUSA that's going to take a look at that. Um, and, and for that matter, I mean, you know, uh, um, a DOJ in general. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Philadelphia knows what the hell's going on. And uh, they must be pulling their hair out. I mean, you know, because th this whole thing, in my view, I mean, you know, if you've got a uh, a local pr prosecutorial entity that is doing what he's doing by manipulating grand jury presentments and, you know, um, 
feigning that, uh, you know, transcripts are missing. I mean, there was another case that Ralph had where the, where the, uh, I think it involved the, uh, God, I can't remember exactly, but he, but the, uh, uh, the ADA on that case, uh, uh, allegedly couldn't find transcripts in, until it was convenient for her, which was, you know, 10 years later or something like that. But I mean, the whole point is that you've got a, a local, uh, prosecutorial entity who is setting a precedent that uh, it um, has an adverse impact on your entire law enforcement community from local to state to federal. I mean, you know, uh, it's got to stop somewhere and it's got to, you've identified the, the problem and the problem has to be resolved because all it's going to do is mushroom if she gets an hey, if she gets another case or has other cases that have those tentacles to those groups that have been uh, supportive of Krasner, you know what they're going to do. And you know you can't they can't carve out that area and say hey, whatever you do with these things are, are fine because it uh, taints the entire system, as you've said. It taints the entire system. It's, it's, it's a cancer. It has to be nipped in the bud. I mean, it has to be eradicated. and has to be eradicated before it spreads. And it starts at this level, and then who knows where it goes from there. So you now, know, are- Trip had some kind of bullshit response to your, uh, your suit, right? Didn't I read that, that she had some kind of... Uh, Originally, what happened was um, I, it's, it's actually the city solicitor office who represents, they have lawyers representing them, <laughs> um, which is the city solicitor's office. And they filed a motion to dismiss because I didn't ask a federal question. So even right. if the facts, even if my alleged facts aren't in dispute, I filed state questions, which is official oppression and whistleblower and things of that nature. So I responded in my, yes, I responded to my amended complaint with federal questions and they just responded for another motion to dismiss on the grounds of, let me think what she said. Oh, I didn't state a constitutional, something to the fact I didn't state a constitutional right that I that was violated so now I got to look up that stuff and they cited some cases that I've, that I've been in the process of um, reviewing yeah I, well I, I think that's an easy fix and that's bullshit on her part Jesus Christ anybody can see through that yes you know the um okay so um the officer that was involved in the uh in the uh justified shooting um with his uh with his release from house house arrest and he's being represented by the FOP, uh, attorneys, right? So, okay. So, so now when, what is the next phase of his circumstance? Do we know? I think they're waiting for a ruling from, I think it's the state superior court and then everyone to make their decisions from there. Well, you know, this is my question. Why the hell can't, Okay, so there's Philly FOP, and there's state FOP, and there's Pittsburgh FOP, and there's a you know there's FOP all over the place. So, yes. what the hell? I, I I don't understand why they can't 
get uh, an FOP attorney from uh, Scranton or, you know, New Jersey or somewhere else like that to help you with your case that's not connected directly with that officer's case. I, 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 I don't understand that. You know, John, it's funny. Um, that's a great idea. I've never thought of that to, to, um, to see you know, if I, I could have I would some FOP the, attorney. I would run out to the FOP in Pittsburgh and say, hey, you know, check this out because you're next. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, um, I, I, unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I've been an FOP member since I, uh, you know, um, since I started, started my career. And, uh, you know, um, I really think that, uh, yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, you know, they, their job is to, you know, protect us from bullshit like this. And if, uh, if an, another FOP obviously has, uh, you know, connections with attorneys, um, that represent that, FOP. I mean, you're an FOP member. If you fly to San Francisco, you're an FOP member. I mean, what the hell is that? I mean, this is a direct, direct attack on your position. Um, yes, it wasn't and, like I was home cleaning the dishes and did something. This was actually me performing my duties and um, being attacked for it. And mm -hmm. I, and I, in, in criminal charges or least a grand jury investigation or whatever you want to call it was initiated against me as a result of that. Just unbelievable. I mean, you know, how much, you know, uh, and the other, as you said, if you don't nip it in the bud, you know, what's the next thing they're going to do? You know, I mean, how many well, officers, there, his, his goal, he ran on the, on locking up law enforcement. That was, that was part of his platforms. I mean, he's, especially for police shootings and, and, he had a, um, I was part of a conversation he had, and one of the reasons he said that he uh, was involved in the prosecution of Officer Bunnell is Officer Bunnell was involved in a shooting prior, and I guess the guy's disabled. I never researched the shooting, but he said, well, you shouldn't shoot a guy and paralyze him. Now you're getting charged for this, something to that effect. And I was present Jesus. during that meeting. He had that at a, um, uh, uh, a, um, it, it's a, Black law enforcement organization called the Guardian Civic League. And right, right, right. He was invited to that, uh, and that's on video because they had that. They asked the members to if they uh, approved of this, um, his comments and this, and his presence being videotaped, and it was. So, I, of course, I'm going to request that also because he actually said that. That part of his, you know, it's almost like retaliating against Officer Pennell because he had another justified shooting prior. So this was not justified because you made that one justified. And he had made other statements that in over 20 years, um, no Philadelphia police officer was arrested or charged in any police shooting. So just because we have a police shooting, you should be charged. Now, one thing every law enforcement officer knows that most civilians may not know is when we pull our firearm, it's for the use of deadly force. It's because we're justified right. in using deadly force. It's not to shoot the gun out of the hand, 
not to shoot him in the toe, is deadly force. Do we want to kill people? No, we don't leave our house talking about killing people. But if you have to, that's you don't pull your gun out unless you plan on doing that. So, you know, so the fact that he's yeah. saying no uh-huh. officer was locked up in over 20 years. So now let me start locking them up. And I'm DA. God. Unbelievable. I mean, you know, it's just uh, unbelievable. Didn't you run into uh, him once at a public event? Um, That that meeting. Yeah. Yeah, that meeting at the Guardian Civic League. And he, he assigned some security detail to stand right next to you like you were some kind of threat to him? Well, what he did is he had his security um, officer. I was sitting by myself in the back. His security officer literally got a chair and sat directly next to me. Yeah. You see, like like a high school. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. What? I'm not easily bullied, though, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Detective Jacob, would you like to uh, maybe, like, um, put out your email address in case any of our listeners could maybe give you some legal help or advice or something? Or or maybe we could do it through search warrant uh, email? Yeah. Um, Whatever you guys would like. I don't have a problem with it. It's Gary. I'm sorry. If you guys want me to have it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Is Derek Jacobs ninety one sixteen at gmail.com. D E R R I C K J A C O B S nine one one six at gmail.com. Okay. Hey listen, uh, offline I'll uh, there's another organization that I know of that will be very interested in this. So um, that might afford you the uh, opportunity for uh, you know, legal help um, that I just thought of. So um, that's right down there, Ali. Actually, um, anyway, we've got to uh, we got to do something uh, to get this to McSwain or somebody an AUSA, an assistant U.S. attorney that has balls, um, because that cannot go on. It affects. It has an adverse impact on local, state, and federal law enforcement, particularly in the Philadelphia area. You know, and it's it's spreading. So, yeah, I think um, those tentacles are spreading well beyond if, if this oh my God. to persist. Oh, my God. Hey, so uh, on a lighter note, is there still a city wage tax, man? <laughs> yes, it is. I, I, Jesus I Christ. I used to know the numbers by heart. So much money was uh, out of my check. Oh, um, my God. I had, what, is, I, what is that? I don't know what that what, is. Well, when I, when I was uh, oh, assi- assigned to Philly... <laughs> Uh, even even though you're a federal agent, you've got to pay city wage tax. I mean, if you're you're in exclusive federal jurisdiction, you're and you you drive to Delaware, they want you to pay the portion of your salary, city wage tax on the portion of your salary where you were driving through Philly. Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. The time that you spent there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I transferred. I transferred from our field office in uh, Philly, in South Philly, up to Harrisburg, and after my transfer, I got a, 
I got a uh, letter from the city wage tax. Hey, man, how many, how many, you know, uh, don't you owe us for the time that you were driving out of Philadelphia? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not shitting you. I mean, it's, you know, it, you had to put down every day for uh, how many miles it took you to get from. For instance, if you have a case in Delaware or something, and your office and your field office just happens to be in South Philly, you know, when you hit uh, Broad Street, you know, you just got to start uh, start mileage and how much time it takes you to get the hell out of Philly. Uh, unbelievable. I guess uh, you, you should go license stars, I guess, to get through Philly as fast as possible. Maybe that's yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. No shit. Anyway, I, I, as soon as I... Uh, uh, when I was read, reading through that article, I thought, Jesus, by the city wage check, bastards, man, I can't believe it. Well, we got I, the know. wage tax, we got the, you know, the real estate tax is starting to go through the roof, and we also have that world-famous beverage tax for your sugary drinks. Oh my God, man! I, and I made a mistake one time. I went to the store, and it was such a great price on Ocean Spray cranberry juice, and I bought it in bulk. And I, um, amongst other items, when I got to the yeah. register, I couldn't believe my bill. And I'm trying to figure out why is it so high? It was over hundreds. It was it was a lot. Um, and it was because each ounce of those cases of ocean spray cranberry juice, they charged me the tax per ounce. Oh my God. So now people go outside the um, city lines to buy their sodas and their juices and things of that nature. Unbelievable. You know, they, they're just, they're, they don't realize it, but they're killing themselves. They're just killing themselves. I mean, you know, uh, let alone the city wage tax, you know, if they if they tack on all this other shit, it's just uh, insane to even be there. Anyway, hey, listen, we uh, will pursue the thing through uh, McSwain's office and uh, try to get an ESA on board or something. Uh, this is a uh, incredible uh, miscarriage of justice, and you can't have you can't have a system working where you've got an ADA that's. Uh, you have zero trust in that is manipulating the system to satisfy their political goals. Um, you know, the same thing has happened in, uh, in Harrisburg with, uh, you know, with their, uh, attorney general's office. So, and we've seen that, I mean, you've got, a, uh, you know, people are becoming, uh, victims of political vindictiveness and, uh, this certainly, uh, fits into the arena of that with the big heteros corruption. I mean, yes, you just can't put up with it. We yeah. cannot put up with it anymore. And, uh, we'll pursue what we can. But I, I again, I, I just thought of, a another, uh, entity that, uh, on the federal level that, uh, is very, uh, interested in what you just described this entire, uh, this entire episode. That, uh, I appreciate for, any help you can provide, John, honestly. Yeah. Man, it's funny what Anna said and what you said. I mean, he's the head of... I mean, you don't want to look at it like this because it's the district attorney's office, but when you operate it with all the corruption, then it's almost like a criminal enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It, I mean, it's a RICO situation. Yeah, I, it, just unbelievable. 
and uh, it's got to stop somewhere. And as a, again, uh, you know, um, local law enforcement officers, state law enforcement officers, federal law enforcement officers, you're all going to be, you know, faced with that. Um, you know, what if you're what, what if you're a, uh, um, a a federal agent? And you have a case that uh, you know has implications on the uh, local level, and uh, Tracy Tripp decides that uh, you know it's going to be to her political advantage to uh, try to jam everybody up in that case. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've had a lot of joint cases where I'm uh, you know where we decide at the end whether or not. Uh, you know, the local authorities are going to prosecute or the federal authorities are going to prosecute. What if you're what if you're the agent that gets stuck with a case that, uh, you know, they decide they're going to take uh, locally and then she comes up with some of this bullshit? I mean, you're all susceptible, you know, again, local, state and federal. You're all susceptible to this kind of shit because yes. you, we've we've all had cases that you don't know where the prosecution's going to go. It may end up being a local case, and then you're ending up with an ADA that you can't trust. Yes. So, uh, you know, everybody's involved. But the narrative that, a, they, that they're spreading is that you cannot trust law enforcement, which is well, unbelievable. You know, there, there's at this point, there's just us. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And uh, if we don't do something about it, uh, it's we're all going down the tubes. And... Uh, so we've got we've definitely got to follow through on this. Listen, hey, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Well, this is you. a uh, complete uh, miscarriage of justice, and uh, you know people should uh, you know open your eyes. You can't even you cannot trust your assistant district attorneys that are going to bring these cases to prosecution. You may very well find yourself on the other side of the of the coin. So. Uh, you know, you got to act now to change that because, uh, you know, we're all uh, at, at this stage. We're all we're all walking victims and they're making the people that protect us, you know, us, um, you know, victims uh, in our own right. Yes. So absolutely horrible. Um, so, Detective again, Jacobs, would you. Um Update us as this progresses, as you're, you know. Oh, definitely. The, this, the pleasure was mine today, and I, I appreciate any assistance you guys can provide. Yeah. It's all about spreading the, the knowledge, you know. Can you can you uh, do us a favor and try to reach out to another FOP uh, chapter to see if they're going to, you know, try to do something for you? So, to, be, um, to be quite honest with you, John, what I, what I plan on doing after your suggestion is – I plan on going to my FOP and presenting that to them. I don't want to go around them. So I'll actually see if they have contacts in other places. And yeah, they can. Let them reach out and see if someone could reach back out to me and assist me in this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they, you, you've got a lot of things going on there. Krasner is attacking everybody in the FOP, period. And. <laughs> And and you know they've got to have had they must have had other circumstances where you've got a variety of officers involved in a variety of circumstances that might be contradictory, and they must have some kind of uh, capability of covering those because they must. 
you know, they, they must have an avenue to be able to get, uh, get you coverage on that. That's asinine. So, I mean, they realize, uh, the national FOP realizes they're under attack. The entire yes. FOP is under attack, attack, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta draw a line in the sand and this is it. I mean, you can't have that. You have her by the, uh, proverbial gonads. This is one to go after. Big well, time. hopefully Mr. Candleberry may, may listen to search warrant or some other place and say, hey, we can't allow this. This is one of our members and this is what we're going to do and I'm going to reach out. He may have contacts. He may have also resources. So we never know. That's why That's yeah. why I see the pleasure is the pleasure's mine. I, I mean, forgive me this forum to, to um, speak to people out there. We have thousands of listeners listening to it, so hopefully. Well, they should they should know what's happening. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna, you know, it's not just happening in Philly; it's happening in San Francisco, and it's happening, you know, just where the where the uh, new district attorney removed everybody that was in the district attorney's office, and now he's got his own guys in there. That's yeah. gonna happen there. Yeah. Well, that happened so. here. That's what um. Yeah. You know, Krasner came in. I mean, a lot of my you know friends, and I'm not. Not just because um, I work with them for 20 plus years, but you know these were district attorneys with honor, integrity, and good prosecutors. You know we went with we went with the facts, and for him to come in and say to throw these guys out on the street around the holidays too, uh, <laughs> you know that speaks to his character. Yeah, and and then replace them with guys that can't even uh, uh, can't even pass the bar exam. I mean, what the hell is that? Yeah, I mean, they may not need. They may not have to pass the bar exam as long as you're loyal to the don, then you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's every indication that that's the case, and and isn't Tracy Tripp following suit? Jesus. Yes. You know, they. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have their own quota that they have to be able to uh, pay back political contributors through whatever whatever means possible, mm-hmm. and uh, if that includes. Uh, you know, false grand jury presentments and bullshit uh, transcripts missing. Yeah. You know, they'll invent shit, I suppose. And it's just what she's done. Well, here's the, here's, the, here's the thing she also said that's, this, you know, questions her um, ethics. If what she's telling my, my lieutenant is true, then she's been having ex parte conversations because she's saying she's been having conversations with the judge about my case without me or my attorney present when oh all these uh, decisions was taking place. So I, I've Man. never heard of that happening. She, she should get that. that too. You know, somebody's yeah, well, We have to speak to the judge. I, that, this information that, I'm, that was brought to me, so I'll have to uh, speak. I've already spoke with the ethics board and I relayed this information to them. So they're going to need to speak to the judge. And if these conversations took place, even she lied, which I, if I'm a betting man, I would say that she lied. Yeah. I can't yeah. see uh, a judge yeah. entertaining this nonsense, but who knows? Jesus. I, I, just, know. you know, it should blow your average citizen's mind that you can be susceptible. And they all are. I mean, if you're listening, you're susceptible to this. You're susceptible to having somebody come up with a bullshit uh, false uh, grand jury presentment and uh, 
you know, jamming you up. So, do you like that? I mean, you know, I mean, that's where we're at right now. You've got people running the show that can put out, uh, you know, false grand jury presentments. And that's got to end. That's got to end. And who's to say, John, if I didn't have my eyes dotted and my T's crossed, if my face wasn't going to be uh, on the news as being indicted for contempt of court? I mean, they, they, they want to silence me. I'm sure they're upset that they failed, but. Yeah. If my eyes wasn't dotted, like I said, and my T's wasn't crossed, who knows? Yeah. Right. Well, listen, we got to get as, as much help uh, as we can to you on your on your suit. And, uh, you know, that that way uh, uh, Tracy can't throw shit up against the wall and she's going to have to answer. And I'm sure that's going to be, uh, you know, have a domino effect in regard to that office, because I'm sure she's not the only ADA that's pulling shit like that just to uh, satisfy, uh, you know, political payback. So anyway, well, here's the thing. She represents one of my favorite movies, um, one of my Harrison Ford movies. Um, she represents a clear and present danger to the yes, <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, Jake, that's excellent. Yeah. Yes, she is. Yeah, exactly. That entire office. You know what? Let's let's call let's title this episode that. <laughs> yes, exactly. yes, exactly. Yes, yes, I agree with that totally. Well, yeah. the entire. Uh, Larry Krasner, excuse my French, but the Larry Krasner shit show is a complete, clear, and present danger. Yeah. So, to to uh, every uh, everybody in law enforcement and the citizens, by virtue of that, by you know a uh, a threat to the citizens. So anyway, hey, um, Detective Jacobs, again, really appreciate your uh, you're taking the time with us, and we're gonna we'll try to push this to the. Uh, Nth degree here. This is bullshit. So I appreciate everything, John. I really do. Thank you, Detective. Th- thank you very much. I'll stay in touch thank with you guys. People. I'll thank give you a call. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye bye.